From Boise to Middleton, the 5A and 4A Southern Idaho Conferences feature 20 of the largest schools in Idaho. Highlighting the big plays and big stories from Idaho's biggest schools, this is the SIC PrepCast with Wayne DeZubak. That's right. It's another edition of the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, talking Southern Idaho Conference, 5A, 4A, Boise Metro Schools. Brandon Bainey with Wayne DeZubak. Uh, what's so funny, Wayne? Uh, I just, I'm just laughing. You know, I was actually bouncing around at the opening music. I was just going back and forth because it's got that boom, 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 and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, a little techno yeah. feel to it. Yeah, it doesn't take much to amuse me these days, but I was right there for you. <laughs> well, we're uh, we're delighted and amused that you uh, are hopping on with us once again to break down everything that's uh, going on in the SIC. The SIC Prepcast is brought to you by D.L. Evans Bank. They are a uh, big presence over where you're at in, in the Treasure Valley, Wayne. Oh, they really are. And their, their by, byline is here to help you with your next everything. This is community banking, and we're very grateful to D.L. Evans Bank for being with us here on the podcast, being with us on some of the 5A games, all the 5A games that we do Thursday and Friday night. So with that being the case, time to talk some uh, football, some 5A from last week, huh? Yeah, so let's start with the the two games that you were on the call for, yeah. audio only on idahosports.com. Thursday night at Donna Larson Park, you had Meridian up against Capital. Kind of surprising, a 35 to nothing shutout from the Warriors. I was really shocked, I'll be honest with you. I thought, I mean, coming into the game, you know, Capital was undefeated. They were 3-0. and They were really on a roll. They were doing great. And Max Clark just looked like, uh, you know, he, he, they didn't have an answer for anything that Meridian threw at them. And then, uh, as I've talked about so many times, Meridian has like three huge wide receivers. They're, they're big. They're 6'3", 6'4". College coaches would love to have this group of guys, a little older, obviously, but they'd love to have the size that they've got. And, and then, of course, Zeke Martinez, the guy's ridiculous. He's a freshman and just keeps coming at you, coming at you, coming at you. The interesting part part is that Malachi Martinez got into one series, and the last, I think it was third down on that series, he ran the ball, got hit hard, and they yanked him out of there. They said, oh, we're not going to lose him for the rest of the year just for this, you know. But the freshman, his brother Zeke, is just doing a great job, and Meridian is on a roll. And I've got them again Friday night against Eagle at Eagle. So that should be another interesting game. But then, Brandon, I thought Capital Meridian would be a fun game right down to the wire. It wasn't. So I guess my question is, are we starting to see that line of separation between what we think are maybe the, the top four teams? And then we talked about coming into the season, right? Eagle, Rocky Mountain, Mountain View, and Meridian. And then Capital was your first dark horse. Are, are we seeing that gap between those top four and then Capital and, and the others? Yeah, I think we are. I really do. And I think Eagle may be on the lower side of that gap, too. We'll find out Friday night if they are. But I think it may be a gap of three and then the rest of them. I mean, really, I think Meridian is really coming on strong. They get better week after week after week. And here's a team that lost their starting quarterback. They go to a freshman. That's how deep they are. And they haven't missed a beat. In fact, if anything, they're better than they were the first week of the year. And then, of course, Rocky Mountain is Rocky Mountain, and Mountain View is Mountain View. They're doing a great job this year. So the bottom line is I think those are the three teams that everybody's going to watch out for. And Rocky's got a big game we'll talk about a little later. They play at Skyview, and Skyview's 4-0. Haven't really played a lot of anybody's, but they're 4-0, and they haven't tasted defeat. And who knows? It's at Skyview. But talk about that. I'm jumping way, way far ahead. But Getting back to that Meridian Capital game, I was surprised that Meridian won it so easily that Capital really didn't put up a fight. 
maybe Meridian will finally get some love. You know, they're three and one. Their one loss was by yeah. one point to Mountain View, and yep. they're they're still not ranked. They're still not ranked in in the media poll. And at two weeks in a row, I've had Meridian in my top five, but my colleagues, I don't know, seem to disagree. And uh, maybe this week they'll finally be back in that top five. But. Brandon, I don't vote, but let me tell you your colleagues something right now on this podcast. Meridian is big offensively. Their offensive line is big. They are huge on the defensive front. They've got size. They've got speed. They've got talent. They've got depth. They've got all of that. They are much better than I thought they'd be coming in. You know, John Chamberlain didn't say a whole lot at the beginning of the season. That's because he's a college coach, and college coaches are used to not saying anything, okay? But bottom line, he could have built them up all he wanted, and I probably wouldn't have believed that they're this good. I think they're that good, and I will pretty much know when they play at Eagle, uh, if they just bounce Eagle badly, uh, then Meridian, you know, is a team to be reckoned with, and we'll, we'll, we'll find out a little later on in the year. Yeah, so let's talk about Eagle because you saw them in action Friday night uh, mm -hmm. as they took on Mountain View. That was kind of a wild game. Mountain View scored the game-winning touchdown with, like, what, less than 20 seconds to play? Yeah, it's just one of those games that went back and forth, back and forth, and to some degree it was reminiscent. You know, Eagle came out, did a pretty good job, then Mountain View came back and got back into the ball game, a lot like that Meridian game where Meridian jumped to a lead, and then, you know, Mountain View came back and eventually won it. But the reality is that it went back and forth all night long, uh, there's no question in my mind that Mountain View had just a little bit. You know what? The difference in the game was that it was at Mountain View. That was the difference in the game. Had it been at Eagle, it might have been a little bit different. But let me tell you that the, the Eagle fans really traveled well. That whole far side of the stands was packed with Eagle fans. They were there. It was just one of those nights where it went, you know, Mountain View's favor. Uh, but Eagle's good. Uh, they got to bounce back now. I mean, they got to see what they can do. They're two and two on the year, so they cannot afford another loss. They've, they've got to win this one against Meridian Friday night. Yeah, and that was a tight loss to Mountain View by a final of 28-21. The Mavericks yeah. are four and zero, Wayne. They've they've had some 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 knee scrapers, that's for sure. They they just find ways to win, though. It's pretty impressive. Well, they do. They got a lot of things. I mean, uh, you know, a couple of us against Bora. It was Dominic Sotomayor was my player of the game. Well, I didn't have as my player of the game. I went with Dawson Walls because, you know, he led the whole offense and stuff like that. But Dominic Sotomayor caught two touchdown passes in that game against Eagle, including a catch in those last seconds, like you said, to win the game. Uh, he he would just – he was money. Every time he turned around, Sotomayor was open. He was there. He was money. But but so was uh, Dallas Slocum, the running back. So was Quintez Evans. He did a great job at running back. Uh, their defense is getting better and better uh, all the time. They're making things happen. But, yeah, I mean, it, Mountain View is for real. And, you know, remember, they've already beaten Rocky Mountain. So now they, they, they played the Eagles. They played the Rocky Mountains. They played everybody. Now their schedule gets progressively easier as they go. I don't see Mountain View losing again until we get into the playoffs, if that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, if they get a rematch with one of these teams in the SIC championship game in, yeah. in that last week of the regular season. Absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned Rocky Mountain, a 58 to nothing shout-out over Centennial. Not too much uh, to talk about there, I think. Yeah, you know, Centennial uh, was 0-6 last year, and they started out winning a game and then just uh, turned around, and you know now they're starting to get beat. I don't know what the deal is there, but, uh, yeah, you know, Rocky Mountain, you know, they, they pasted them pretty good. Yeah, Centennial, their their lone victory was over Hawaii. That's a team that's yeah. still trying to find their way. They're 0-4. They lost to Skyview 34-16 when you talked about the Hawks are 4-0. and And, I mean, they can only play the teams that are on the schedule, so people are going to dismiss it. But 4-0, they're, they're already halfway through the, the conference slate, and they look good. 
Yeah, where, where Rocky Mountain and Mountain View all had some top-heavy early season games, you know, against big foes. Skyview has not played that kind of competition yet. Now they get to on Friday night when they host Rocky Mountain. So it's going to be a good test to see how good they are. I think Rocky Mountain will win that game, but I really believe that if Skyview can show just how good they are and how good they become. And here's the thing now. We've come four games into a season for most of these teams. Uh, by now, you really got to feel for what you can and can't do and how good you are and where your strengths and weaknesses are and how you can take advantage of those. And I think Skyview's done a great job of doing that. And now it's going to be interesting to see if David Young uh, can can get his team ready for a real tough Rocky Mountain team. Because right now, I think for Skyview, it's right here. You know, can we beat Rocky Mountain? Yeah, uh, absolutely. We're not supposed to be right. No, we're not supposed to be Rocky Mountain. Yes, you can if you put your mind to it. And that's what they got to come out with. Yeah, the biggest hurdle might be that mental one, that's for sure. Yeah, that's my yeah. feeling. Absolutely. Timberline, you know, they, they had the tough loss last week. They bounced back 35, 15 over CUNA. They're three and one. They've kind of had a soft schedule to start, but three and one's three and one. Not much uh, to talk about there. And then well, the I've game. Them, and I do have them Friday night, uh, Thursday night, rather. They played Boise on Thursday night, Timberline Boise. So for Timberline, they should win that game against the Brave. So, you know, they should be four and one by the time we're talking next week. Right. And and that's that segues perfectly because the game I really wanted to talk about, Wayne, is is two teams that are at the bottom of the standings. The annual rivalry game between Boise and Bora. It was one of the most entertaining <laughs> games of the night. 54-42. Bora wins in a shootout. Yeah, 96 points put up on the board by those two. Who who would figure? Although Bora has given up 49, 48, 58, and now 42 points, but they got the win this time, giving up 42 points. So the defense is still a struggle for the Bora Lions, but offensively, they kind of found things going there. And I'm not going to give them a gold star, but I have to give them some mention. Parker rushed in for Bora, hit their running back there. He rushed for 213 yards and five touchdowns. So, you know, he was on the border of that, you know, that gold star, but I'm not going to do it. I'm still going to go with a double gold star, but I couldn't go with a triple gold star. But Parker Rush didn't need it to be mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And and for Bora, this kind of came out of nowhere. Like you said, they'd given up a lot of points this year. And they at the same time, they had struggled to put points on the board. And so to see them come out and put up 54, I, I was I was actually expecting Boise to win and maybe win handily because Boise already had a win under their belt and looked pretty good. But that's why you play the games, right? Yeah, they got a lefty in Anderson uh, at quarterback who's really, really good. He can really sling the ball. I mean, if he were a pitcher, you go, man, that's a good lefty. Get him on the mound. So he can really sling it. But uh, I don't know what happened. I didn't see the game. I was doing another game, so I don't know. I saw the final score and went, oh, you know, and uh, and that's pretty much my analyzation of that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it definitely opened eyes uh, statewide with the result of that game for sure. All right, let's move on to the 4ASIC yep. where Emmett, you know, started conference play 1-0 with that shutout win over Bishop Kelly. They, they were playing Ridgeview this week. Ridgeview is a team that's struggling right now, a 28 to nothing. That's two conference wins, two shutouts for Emmett. They're 2-0 in the league. Yeah, Emmett's good. I mean, Emmett's good. I mean, I cannot figure out that loss to Weezer. Can't figure it out, you know, but uh, hey, it was in there. You got it. You're there. You know, they're three and one on the year. And uh, they must have just gone back there and said, oh, uh, this team will beat this team. And, you know, sometimes you just don't get yourself mentally prepared for it. And that's what happened to them on that one. But again, Ridgeview's 0 and 3. They're struggling. They didn't play the first week because they didn't have enough players or practices. We don't know for sure. But, 
Either way, they're 0-3 on the season. So uh, that was a win that Emmett should have gotten, and 28-0 is the way they should have won it. Yeah, Emmett, that, that game against Weezer, I think Weezer's just really good. You know, they're 4-0. Yeah, yeah. They, they've got a quarterback, Brett Spencer, who has an offer from the University of Idaho, which is doesn't happen all the time in Weezer. Um, so I, I think Weezer's just a good team. But Well, they are. When you talk about 4A versus 3A and 5A versus 4A, you got to be careful because, you know, I mean, those those teams and that's supposed to be in the smaller conferences of a 3A versus 4A, they bring it when they play it, and they brought it that night. And when you've got talent like you just mentioned – on the Weezer squad. Yeah, they're going to come after you pretty strong. I think Emmett's a team that really uh, is setting themselves up well for a deep playoff run because they can they can hit you with the pass. Caden mm-hmm. Young is a great quarterback, but, but when they need to in the second half and late in games, just like last year, they, they can they can grind it down and, and run the ball and, and win games that way, whereas a Bishop Kelly uh, is more of a run first, second, and third, and then will pass occasionally. So I think that's what separates Emmett from like a BK, for example. And so I think yeah, Emmett... I agree. Yeah, really setting themselves up for a nice run, I think. You know, I've watched Emmett on a few occasions, and and you're absolutely right about the ability. They can go with the long ball. They can get down there. Young's got the ability. He's got the arm. He can also run the ball. And you're right. And, and when they decide, okay, we need to run some clock, they'll just hand it up, hand it up, hand it up. They got some big linemen. They got a good defensive front, as we can see, with you know shutting people out two weeks in a row. So they, they've got it all there in Emmett right now. Yep, absolutely. Speaking of Bishop Kelly, they bounced back with a nice win over Nampa, 42 to 21. So we talked about last week, you know, I think there's kind of five teams that I think will all make the playoffs. Uh, Nampa, Valley View, Bishop Kelly, Emmett, and Middleton. It's just a matter of what order they'll finish in. And I think already you're starting to see separations within that group of five as BK doubles up Nampa. Well, Nampa, as you know, was one of my, uh, you know, uh, dark horse teams that I had at the beginning of the year in 4A. I thought really they were 6-3 and three a year ago. They had a lot of people back, thought they would do it, but they're now 1-3, and three, and they're not they're not really getting it done. I don't know if Nampa has fallen back into that, hey, that thought that we're Nampa. You know, because before, last year it was kind of like, we're Nampa. And this year it's kind of like back a little bit, you know. I don't, again, I'm getting on that mental aspect of the game, but I think with these teams that are right there that could be dark horse, could be winning, uh, I'm not saying Napa should have beaten BK. BK is good, but Napa shouldn't, I think, be one and three right now. I really don't. Well, it doesn't get any easier this week as they uh, host Emmett. So, might be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the good news. <laughs> Might be staring at one and four, but then I think I think after that they they can set themselves up yeah. for a, for a mini winning streak and yeah we'll see how it goes for now. Now they do get Emmett at home. Yes, I don't know if that means a lot, but they do get Emmett at home. If they had to travel to Emmett, I would say definite. You know, got a four spot in the loss column, but with you know them hosting Emmett, who knows? They they could get it done. Absolutely. Uh, Middleton is a team that continues to uh, pile up the points and look impressive. And that this is another, uh, that group of five where I think their separation is Middleton defeats Valley view pretty decisively 42 to 16. Kind of surprised me the final margin of that game, but then you look at Kai McClure and the night he had, you know, I mean, he had four touchdown passes rushed for another had over 400 yards passing. The dude was awesome, you know, on Friday night, getting it done at Middleton. So yeah, and Valley View, um, maybe just not – you know, they lost a lot of talent from that team last year. And the way Valley View runs their offense, runs their defense, they need the right people in the right positions. And I just don't think they've got that right now. 
yeah, Valley View likes to run that uh, option type offense where they, they can't really fall behind early because it, then it totally takes them out of what they want to do. So, yeah, when you've got a running oriented offense, you, you've got to stay right there with people or stay a little bit ahead of the game, stay ahead of the chains, if you will. And they didn't do that, certainly against Middleton. So Middleton is three and one overall. They're two and zero in the league, tied for first with Emmett. Mm. Uh, their only loss was that head scratching loss to Minico, where they turned the ball over four times. So otherwise, right. Minico could be right. undefeated. So uh, the other four uh, A SIC games, you had Columbia finally getting their first win of the year over Caldwell, fifty two to twelve. So even with the three teams we think are going to be at the bottom, Wayne, there's still a pretty big gap I think between Columbia and then Ridgeview and Caldwell. Oh, yeah, yeah, those those three right there, Columbia, Ridgeview, and Caldwell. They're down here right now. Napa's still right there on that borderline, as I said, you know, you know, earlier there. Dark horse or Stan is a dark horse. So it really comes down to really, really, to me, it's got Emmett, you got Middleton, and you got BK. And we're, it, we've heard that same old story year after year after year, haven't we? Yeah, kind of the usual suspects. Of course, yeah. Emmett was making hay in, in the 3A ranks for a long time before yeah. just recently – popping up to 4a but yeah kind of the usual suspects so that's kind of a, a rundown of the football slate from last week if we look ahead to what's coming up this week on uh, our idahosports.com broadcast schedule wayne you're going to be at donna larson park again thursday night we kind of touched on it briefly but timberline uh, against boise two two boise schools going at it yeah timberline's got to be careful timberline should win this game and they're definitely going to be favored by a couple of touchdowns. But, you know, as Boise showed by putting up 42 on Bora, they can score. Anderson's a good quarterback. They've got some good receivers. They've got some things that they've got going for them. So watch out for Boise. They could do it. Timberline's going to have to not take them lightly. But that game's going to be played at Donald Larson Park. That's where both teams play anyway. So it's a home game, really. It's kind of a push because it's a home game for both teams. But it, it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to do that one. You know, Boise's 2-2. Two and two, Timberline's 3-1. and one. Uh, it's a big game for Boise if they're going to take it to the next level. So if you look at Timberline's schedule, it's all it's all been lopsided. Either they're beating up on somebody or they're getting beat up on because they have wins over Bora, Ridgeview, and CUNA and a, and a lopsided loss to Meridian. And so what happens, Wayne, is when you're in those blowout-type games, you don't, you don't have to lean on your star players as much. So Taylor Markham, the great running back for mm -hmm. Timberline, who's committed to Montana State University, we haven't really seen him get going too much because they haven't had to use – you know, he gets about 10, 12 carries a game, and then they're up by 40, or they're, or they're down by 40 the one time. And so uh, I'm excited to see Timberline in a close competitive game where we actually get to see what kind of impact Markham can make on a game. Yeah, so have I, because I did not see Markham play very well. I mean, I mean, he didn't, he wasn't a factor. He may have played well, he just not, was not a factor in the game I did earlier this year. And I was like, hmm, I expected more out of him, you know? So I'm looking forward to seeing him run. I think he can be a difference maker. Uh, he's obviously proven to be a difference maker in other games. So that'll be interesting to see what he does against Boise. But again, uh, the Brave, you know, they do have some talent there. And Mike Altieri's, uh, he doesn't have him very far from really being able to compete, you know, not necessarily with the Rockies and the Mountain Views, but with everybody else. Yep, for sure. Uh, and then as we move to Friday night, Wayne, you're going to be uh, at Eagle as this, this should we, we think should be a good matchup, Meridian at Eagle. Yeah, I really think it should be, but I thought Meridian Capital was going to be good. Like I said, I cannot tell you how impressed I am with Meridian. They This will be my third Meridian game, so I've gotten to see quite a bit of them. And they just get better every week. And uh, this Zeke Martinez is ridiculous. I mean, this 
this kid, he's a freshman, you know, I mean, he shouldn't be doing anything. He should be, you know, carrying the uh, seniors books, but instead he's carrying the seniors game. He's taking it right to him, doing a good job. Now, whether or not Malachi can come back and when you get a one, two punch like that, Malachi coming back is big brother. I, I I've said the last couple of weeks, I would love to have been a fly on the wall at the Martinez dinner listening to what, you know, big brother Malachi is talking to his little brother, Zeke, and the trash talk that's going on there. Hey, you're not getting your job back, big bro. No, I guess I am, little bro. You know, go back and forth. But they're both good. They both get it done. And the receiving core is fantastic. Eagle is at home, though. They play well, you know, at, you know, in Thunder Stadium. Uh, the Mustangs, must. it's a must win for them. They're two and two. They cannot afford another loss. So I think they'll come out really, really playing hard and we'll see. And they just need the ball to bounce their way a couple of times. Yeah. Backs against the wall for Eagle uh, for sure. Uh, the other game we're going to have Friday night on IdahoSports.com. This is an audio only broadcast of Paul Kingsbury is going to be bringing it to you as CUNA travels to Capitol. So this is a great opportunity for Capitol after getting shut out to, to turn around and bounce back with a nice win. Yeah, and CUNA, you know, I, I haven't seen CUNA. I know Paul's handled most of the CUNA games this year and stuff like this. So I haven't quite seen them. It looks like they have a way to stick with it for a while and then just don't quite get her done. You know, and at the end, they're they're down by a couple of touchdowns. You know, Capital right now, uh, they, they've got to bounce back. You know, Todd Simmons, if they, he can get his team back in a good mental state, you know, they should bounce back. But I think the Cavemen could be uh, – Tough to handle if they're not. If they play, I'll tell you what, if they play like they did against Meridian, they could be in trouble a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, the other big game that uh, won't be on our airwaves, but it'll be a good matchup. We talked about Rocky Mountain traveling to Skyview. We're going to find out pretty quick if Skyview is for real or not. You know, Rocky Mountain should win that game. There's no question in my mind that Rocky Mountain should win that game. But, you know, Skyview's got the talent. They're 4-0. They've got it going. Yeah, they haven't played the toughest schedule so far, but you're right. They beat everybody that they played. You can only play who you who you got on the schedule, and they've beaten everybody. Uh, so it just is up to really Skyview to believe that they can do this. So it'll be interesting to see. That game I'm going to keep a close eye on, but don't be surprised if um, Rocky Mountain somehow, someway, you know, makes distances themselves from Skyview late in the game. I, I think for Skyview, the game plan is – try and control the clock with Fafita on the ground mm-hmm. and keep that Rocky offense off the field and try and keep it a low scoring defensive type game. And if they can do that, then maybe they've got a chance. So yeah, remember Antonio Fafita goes both ways and you know, that that's, that's a tough assignment for anybody. When you're playing a big team like Rocky mountain, you're going both ways. You're going to be one pooped Jose by the time, you know, or Fafita in this case, when, you know, the fourth quarter comes around. So hopefully he's in shape and can make it happen because he's good. Yeah, we'll make sure he eats his Wheaties this week. Exactly, so he needs them. <laughs> For sure. The only other 5A SIC game uh, is, well, this is, it, it, it's unfortunate. You've got opposite ends here. 0-4 Hawaii at 4-0 Mountain View. Mm-hmm. That's going to be kind of tough. And then um, the other the other intriguing matchup is uh, Bora coming off that first win of the season, and they're yeah. at Centennial. That's a pair of one and three teams. Bora's got a great chance to maybe pick up win number two. They do. I think, you know, this is going to be one of those games where it should be very competitive between these two. You know, this is the game, if you're Bora or if you're Centennial, these are the games you've got to win. You know, Centennial, as I mentioned, 0-6 last year in the shortened season. Bora having their problems this year right now uh, with their their record and stuff like that uh, at being 1-3. and 
And what's Centennial? They're one and three too. So both teams are yep. one and three coming into this game. So this is a game that you got to win. You, you go one and four, you know, then you get to sit there and go, oh, man. But you go two and three, and all of a sudden you got a little bit of life. So it's going to be huge. It's at Centennial. I, I'm thinking Centennial is going to win this one, and I'll tell you why. Bora's defense right now is really struggling. They just can't seem to put the stops to anybody. Yeah, could could be a tough one for sure. And then in the 4ASIC, Wayne, this week, I, I honestly don't think any of the games will be particularly compelling or competitive because of that separation. We talked about Emmett is at Nampa. Uh, you have Middleton uh, taking on Ridgeview. They're hosting Ridgeview. That's kind of a, a one-sided affair. Bishop Kelly is at Columbia and then Valley View is at Caldwell. So I don't, I don't, I, I think something really crazy would have to happen to produce a surprising result. Yeah. This is the really, really favorites against the really, really underdogs. All four games. And you're right. I mean, it's kind of where it stands. The only one that I see that could possibly be a surprise, a shocker, might be Napa hosting Emmett. Just for some reason, a gut feeling that if Napa comes out and puts it all together, the Bulldogs could give the Huskies, you know, it could be a dog fight, so to speak. <laughs> you know, yeah. Sorry about that. Had to <laughs> Play odd words there. That's uh, that's why you get paid the big bucks, Wayne. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, uh, the, that's the football slate. Let's let's talk about. Uh, do you want to give out our our gold stars for the week, Wayne? What I want to do is talk just a little bit. Yeah, and I want to lead into your gold stars. I kind of know you talked to me yesterday about who your gold star was going to be, and what I want to do is I want to lead in just a little bit. Five A volleyball. Uh, Skyview just doing great. 13 and two overall is their record. Just great. I mean, next closest one is Eagle at 11 and five, but Skyview, uh, they're two and zero in conference, getting off to a great start. 13 and two, and you know what? They're not just playing the locals here. They 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 went down. They get, went on the road, and I mean, they really went on the road and took on some really strong stuff. And and there it goes. Boom! Segue into your gold star and and your story about Skyview. Yeah, so it's pretty incredible. Skyview already, we've seen this year, the volleyball team, they're the defending 5A champs. They've got several players that are going to play Division I volleyball, I'm, I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they traveled to Utah earlier this year uh, for a, for an early season tournament and kind of cleaned up the competition there. And then they traveled to Las Vegas this past weekend yeah. for the Durango Fall Classic. It's one of the biggest uh, Western United States volleyball tournaments. All the best teams from around the region. Bring it on. Bring it on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they 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 were in they went two and oh in their pool play. They they beat Faith Lutheran, uh, which is in Nevada, and uh, South High, which is from Torrance, California. And you know they can play volleyball in California. Tell me about it. <laughs> so so that got them into the gold bracket. That's the top bracket where the best of the best are. Now they dropped their very first game to Marin Catholic, which is also from California, but from there, uh, they didn't uh, they did they didn't lose again. Uh, so, so that, that first game, they were in the gold bracket, they lost and that bumped them down to the silver mm-hmm. bracket. So the, so the second best level, but they didn't lose again. They won over assumption, Kentucky, Lone Peak, Utah, and Vista Murrieta, California. So that's uh five out of six wins. Yeah. And they took ninth place overall, which is so impressive for, for this Skyview team. That's got actually uh, some younger players that they're leaning on as well. This year, Eden Bauer was named to the all tournament team. And so for that reason alone, Eden Bauer gets my gold star for the week from the Skyview volleyball team. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, I think it's great when you decide, hey, guys, let's not play it safe and stay here in Idaho. Let's go find out how good we are. Let's go to Vegas because everybody's coming there. You talked about Kentucky, California, all around the place. Utah's got great volleyball teams. So they went there, and you know, kudos to them. I just give them a gold star for the team making that challenge, you know, and going down there to do it. But, yeah, what a what a super situation. And I just I don't think there's anybody at this point in five A volleyball that can that can come close to Skyview. So no, they're they're getting it done. Boys soccer, just real quickly, five A right now. Uh, Boise eight one and two overall. Rocky Mountain seven one and two. So those are the guys leading there. And in girls five A soccer, Timberline eight one and one. They're six and zero in conference play. Rocky Mountain's five and zero in the conference, and they're eight nine one and zero overall. So. You know, some good play there for a Bishop Kelly, 7-0 and and conference play, 7-2 and overall. So BK, their girls soccer team really doing strong. And in 4A, Valley girls soccer team at 7-1-0. and So I wanted to just make mention of those soccer teams. The season, you know, they play two, three times a week. So it's hard for us to keep up with them here on the podcast. But we can take a look going into the week where they're at and we can get some feelings for, you know, who's really rocking it as they, they head towards their playoffs. It's amazing. We're at the towards the end of September even, and uh, pretty soon we're going to be talking some playoff and soccer and stuff like that. Yeah, soccer is always the first sport that kind of gets it going in the postseason. And so, yeah, that's going to be here uh, before we know it, Wayne. That's for sure. So well, You've done your gold star, so let me kind of wrap it up with my gold star here today because I've got a double gold star because I didn't know who to go with. So, I mean, it seemed like the magic number for touchdowns this week was five. And I already talked about Parker Rushton from Bora having five touchdowns, but I had to kind of put him off to the side, you know, on the gold star thing. Maybe if he does it again next week, he gets a gold star. But I'm going to go with Seth Knott, the running back from BK, 276 yards rushing, five touchdowns uh, on 29 carries. So pretty good, pretty good run there. And Kai McClure, the quarterback from Middleton, as I mentioned, 439 yards passing, Four touchdown passes. He also rushed for another one. So Kai McClure from Middleton, Seth Knott from BK, my gold stars this week. I just couldn't figure out which one of those two. I mean, anytime you score five touchdowns, I, mean, I, was, I think I I think I got five career touchdowns, you know, and these guys got them in one game. I'm jealous. <laughs> right. What's that all, what's that all about? <laughs> well, I, I played offensive line, so I'd, I rarely touched the ball. I mean, on the on, I muffed an onside kick one time, and then they said, okay, we need to come up with a hands team. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Get Bainey out of there. We need something going. <laughs> Pretty that's much. Cool. So, uh, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, I can't wait till Middleton and Bishop Kelly actually meet uh, head-to-head in football. That'll be a little bit later on down the line. Yeah, uh, we got no- a couple of good games coming up. For sure. The last thing we wanted to talk about this week on the SIC PrepCast, Wayne, is actually something that's not even happening, and that is the Bob Furman Invitational. This is one of the biggest cross-country invitationals of the year, not just in Idaho, but the entire Pacific Northwest. And because of COVID-19 and things like that, it is, for the second year in a row, not going to happen. What really drives me crazy about that, really, I live in Eagle, and it's just like right across the street. Eagle Island Park is, you know, but that's why it's not happening. Eagle Island Park is under the state rules and regulations. You can't have, uh, you know, crowds of more than 250. And so they can't do it there. Had it been anywhere else here in, you know, the Valley, they would have been okay. They could have gotten her done. But for the second year in a row, because of those rules, regulations by, you know, those who make those rules and regulations, they couldn't do it. So it's kind of sad because, uh, the cross-country runners, uh, it's good to see them all come in here. You know, uh, two years ago, I sat there and I 
went down Linder Boulevard at the wrong time, and there was bus after bus after bus after bus. I'm going, dude, you know better than this. You live here. Don't go down that road, you know, and they got this Bob Furman going on. So I miss it. You know, I miss to have him, have him there. You know, I, I got a couple of grandkids, as I mentioned last week, that run for Rocky Mountain. So they're kind of bummed out that it was canceled because they look forward to these big meets because they want to see, just like Skyview going to Vegas, they want to see how good they are. And when they can run against teams from all over the Northwest, not just here in the Valley, it really gives them an idea where they stand, what they are, and what they can do. And so it's a bummer, but it is what we have right now, you know, and uh, – they're, they're doing it for safety reasons, and I'm not going to criticize that. It's just, you know, kind of sad that it had to happen two years in a row. We thought we were, we thought we were beyond it. We're not. Yeah, and, and at this point, anything that involves multi-states, I just don't think is going to happen. You know, no, there's too stop. much volatility, so unfortunately. Yeah, but anyway, we look forward to it. Next year, we'll be talking about Bob Furman, I, I hope. Keep my fingers crossed. For sure. So uh, no cross country uh, to speak of, but plenty of volleyball, soccer, football still going strong. And we'll we'll recap it all for you again next week right here on the SIC PrepCast uh, presented by D.L. Evans Bank. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Yep. So uh, thanks for tuning into this week's edition of the SIC PrepCast. For Wayne Dezubak, I'm Brandon Bainey. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. And we'll see you back here next time on IdahoSports.com.